Guess who's back, back, back again, again. Smallville's back, back. Tell a friend, friend. Guess who? Actually, you know what? Seriously, tell a friend. We could use the listeners. Um, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's been a while, huh? Uh, I guess I should really apologize on behalf of me and Paul. Uh, life gets in the way sometimes. Uh, uh, unlike what Jeff Goldberg said, life finds a way. Sometimes it just gets the fuck in the way. Uh, and that was the case. Uh, this time. Also, you know that you you heard of Blue Monday? Blue Monday is that thing where it's like the second January of every year, supposed to be like the most depressing time of the year. Turns out for Steve, it's the third Monday, and it lasts for like a week. So whatever. We should have been back early. Uh, no excuses. The only positive side of us being gone for this long is that apparently we're gaining um, some traction and getting a lot of new listeners. So this unexpected absence has uh, let a lot of people catch up. Anyway, if you're new here, welcome to Somebody Save Us, a week by week, we hope, fingers crossed, sorry, <laughs> week by week podcast in which we take a deep dive a slow, methodical examination of each and every episode of the 2000s hit Smallville, and we go so deep it can only be described as sexual. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This week's episode is episode 20, Obscura. Original air date, May 14th, 2002. Written by Michael Green, Mark Verhaden, and Greg Walker. Directed by Terrence O'Hara. And it is his second uh, time helming an episode of Smallville. That being said, we're going to jump into the plot right after this. Paul, what's going on? Oh, not too much, Steve. How's it going? I am all right. Thank you very much. Um, so, have we even put up an episode in the new year? Have we been gone for four weeks? Uh, we might have been. We might have had one go up early. I'm going to check this right now. i got to check this right now. Oh, I yeah, feel really know. bad if we were gone for the entire month of January. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I don't wow. think we were. I, it's I think only it now just hitting first. me how long we've been. I thought like two weeks. Uh, maybe we missed two weeks. But we missed like the week of Christmas and New Year's. Uh, the According to my podcatcher that I have here, uh, the last thing we put out was 21 days ago. 21 Three days. Three weeks. Uh, yeah, I have. As of the day of recording. Oh, we dropped one on January 5th. And then January 12th. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it is three, but three weeks, really? Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. Oh, well. But, like, I, I think you, you, you know, you put this in the beginning of the episode, but we, we, uh, we had, we had our reasons, uh, and hopefully we can get back to our week to week schedule. Yeah. Um, starting... uh, I mean, just one of the things that, like, um, people listeners friends family just need to understand is this is at this point for paul and myself a hobby it's something we're doing for fun we both have nine to five jobs uh we both have private lives so as much as we love doing this as much as we love the fact that you guys love that we do this and that everybody's having a good time revisiting smallville together is sometimes it's got to take a back seat 
Yeah. Yeah, it totally does sometimes. And then other times it's just like it's it's for technical for technical reasons. There was at least one day where my internet was down. Uh, and then there was other times where it was just too loud. Like yeah, Oh, yeah. Well, but again, that falls into like the whole life yeah. getting in the way. It, right. Sometimes there's just disruptions. There's kids or dogs or mm-hmm. land sharks. Land sharks, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're here. We, we've got uh, Obscura. This is the second last episode of season one. Um, the penultimate episode of season one. And um, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Um, not the greatest episode. Yeah, I mean, for a penultimate episode, it sure has a lot of fat on the bones. Like, it's it's really... it's And it it's kind of nonsensical. I mean, it's like they took stuff that they wanted to set up the finale with and then saddled it with a bunch of extra stuff and like a weird idea. And yeah, it's, it's um, the weird thing is there's like, um, not cliche. What is that? What's that other word? When you're talking about like pop culture references and it's a reference or, or like a, a, a device that keeps showing up over and over again. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't think of the word right now. I, I know what Whatever. you're talking about. I'll go with cliche. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what happens to Lana in this ha- happened, I want to say a lot in nineties TV. Right. Where it's like, yo, you're experiencing something from somebody else or seeing through somebody else's eyes. I seem to remember that happening a lot. And this has a weird, this whole episode has a weird feeling to me of like, uh, in the nineties, there was not really a rash, but kind of a, 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 an explosion of serial killery mystery type shows. And this seems like Mm -hmm. Smallville trying to like capitalize on that craze. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, it, I guess it kind of works, but like we were saying before we started up, the, the interesting thing about this, and we've seen it a few times in Smallville already, and you said we're going to see it a lot more, and I agree, is that the B story in this is e- easily the most important part. Yeah. It's like they have they have their freak of the week... And then they also seed the episode with stuff to keep the season moving forward. Like there, it is, it is a, it is serialized TV, maybe not in the same way we get today, but it's, it's moving along. There are things that are calls called back to, um, from this episode into the next and stuff that has been moving throughout the season, like Lana and Whitney's relationship is an example. And like yeah. Clark, Clark, maybe, uh, revealing his power to someone. And we don't really find out who right away. Right. And, and, and then, um, uh, like, um, at least one piece, like an actual, thing shows up uh towards the end of the episode which will play a role in smallville for years now years and years um but 
Oh, one thing I guess we should let our, our listeners know is we're going to try to do the show a little bit different than we've been doing it in the past in that we're going to do our best to avoid spoilers. Right. Um, we've before kind of not really cared and shrugged it off and been like, hey, everybody who's here has watched it before. But I've had a few people now uh, approach me and say, hey, man, I never watched that show back in the day and I'm watching it now with you guys. So I watch an episode and then I listen to you guys. And so... Being a person who hates spoilers, uh, I feel it's my duty to to do what's best and try to avoid them. And uh, and I totally agree with Paul on, on that aspect yeah. in that in that we should do our yeah. best to not really spoil any surprises for every, anybody. Yeah. So basically, going forward, as best we can, it will be r- sticking to uh, events that occur in the episode only. And then callbacks to previous episodes. Yes. Yeah. We we will not try to um, project forward at all, or even uh, unless unless it's a prophecy, right? As we've seen in previous episodes, right? Anyway, that being said, maybe we should actually start dissecting this motherfucker. Yeah, I think we usually start with the cold open because it's the beginning of the episode. Good point. But this time we're going to start with the end scene and go backwards. Ooh. But we're not going to do that. So the cold open uh, oh. is Lana and Whitney. <laughs> you're you're disappointed. I can. Well, tell. I was uh, like, oh yeah, me oh. fooled. I thought we were going to do a Tarantino, but okay. <laughs> yeah, just jump around. Uh, Lana and Whitney are out on a horseback uh, riding kind of excursion, um, which they apparently haven't done in a while. Uh, Whitney uh, asks Alana if she will go with him to the spring formal, and she kind of wrinkles her nose at him, saying that he didn't need to ask. Um, but with everything that's going on with his dad, he uh, or what has gone on with his dad, he's just not taking anything for granted anymore. Uh, and they're kind of they're having a bit of a moment, and then an explosion uh, spooks the horses. Uh, and they dismount and kind of take off through kind of a thicket of trees and arrive to the source of the trouble. Um, and it looks like a gas main is on fire and like there's emergency crew on scene. Um, yeah, it's kind of, they kind of get there in a hurry. It's this whole thing is weird from the very beginning because the, the, the establishing shot of like Whitney and Lana riding horses goes on way too long and it's got weird music over top of it. Like my very first note is what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Cause it seems very <laughs> like, it's just weird. I don't know. Like, are they, is this supposed to be a Western now? Is it a fantasy thing? And then they get into like a close up of Whitney and Lana and they're supposed to obviously like ride close. Cause we're still shooting in four by three. Mm-hmm. And those horses get so close that they smack each other in the head really hard. <laughs> and it was like, ow. <laughs> so this is happening. And then like uh, somehow uh, Lana and Whitney managed to ignore the fact that the horses just gave themselves concussions and they start like kissing or whatever. The explosion happens and my note, cause I'm juvenile is like, uh Oh, an explosion. And it didn't come from Whitney's pants. <laughs> oh, I don't oh, like, yeah, whatever. But well, my I mean, second note after that is, oh, we may have a new pointless explosion champion. Because this is a big one. 
this one goes big because yeah like they um like lana is point like they arrive on the scene and and kind of whitney's walking over uh he's he's kind of standing there with her and she points out the fact that there's like this pipe looking like it's gonna burst like the pipe is just shaking oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah they uh she warns them and then they tell everybody to get clear um and kind of whitney's run over to the other guys and so they all run in one direction and lana stands there for a beat for for reasons like total uh, and then runs deer in the head, other like, direction just standing there yeah. and everybody's yelling at her run <laughs> yeah and she gets almost clear of the blast, but gets knocked flying. Uh, and when she hits the ground, she hits her head. Uh, and, like, you see chunks, little chunks of meteor rain down around her. Um, is and... this, is her diving away from this explosion, is that the one they use in the intro? Opening? Yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think for this season it is i'm i can't i'm trying to remember like i i haven't actually checked yet to see how different the season two opening is yeah i'm not sure either yeah um but yeah i guess uh over at the hospital we learn that she has a mild concussion which is not surprising um and uh chloe shows up to check in uh and uh but clark is Kind of, kind of trying to, to to get her to focus on her Daily Planet internship, and like they're they're kind of you can tell that the the way the last episode ended with Clark like holding her hand has actually like things have moved pace a little bit, um, and so she asks him to wish her luck, um, and he says she doesn't need it. Um, yeah, you, you can just tell there's a little bit more there. Yeah, it's cute. It's cute. I'm there. It's it, they seem like hesitant, right? Which is, I guess, good. They are friends. They want to explore each other um, cautiously, so it's yeah. not like totally. So, like, I mean, you're not. You don't pull out the ball gag on the first date. So, well, no. I guess. Unless... I guess it depends on who you're dating. <laughs> if you've discussed it beforehand. Yeah, I guess. Like. I'm bringing my ball gag. Should I bring chips or <laughs> chips? Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll have a ball gag in, so I won't be able to eat any. But okay. <laughs> oh, this this syncs very well with the villain of this episode. It does actually. Oh. Uh, she so uh, the, another interesting thing is Chloe uh, says she's off to stay with her cousin in Metropolis, and we're not going to say who that is. Oh, she doesn't name drop. Okay. Oh, she doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I wonder who which cousin that is. Hmm. Is Uh, it... it, And this has to do with... She's going, like, on a journalism thing, right? Yeah, for her internship, which she actually ended up getting. But yeah, as she walks away, she kind of smiles at him over her shoulder. Uh, And then uh, Clark goes into the room and offers Whitney... uh, Offers to buy Whitney a coffee... Um, and he's like, yeah, let's get out of here. So they leave Lana and, um, we kind of see a kind of like a, a quick split back and forth where we see Chloe leaving the hospital. Um, and then we kind of push in on Lana laying there and you see her kind of straining kind of in her unconscious state. 
um, as she is seeing Chloe too, but from the POV of someone who is watching her. Uh, yeah, it's like very um, sepia uh, tone. Yeah, so the, yeah, the footage is sepia tone. It's very grainy, uh, and it's definitely like a POV shot. Yeah, no, well, you know, POV. Uh, uh, then the uh, person makes their move, uh, and chloroforms her. Uh, yeah. and Lana shoots awake in her bed and that's the end of our cold open, which decently long one, but Cue not the theme the song. Yeah, that's yeah. actually quite, quite long. I, I actually thought the hospital scene came after. Yeah, I did too, but my notes say otherwise. <laughs> I will trust uh, the notes. Yeah. But I trust my notes better than I trust my memory for sure. Um, so after, uh, after our theme song. Uh, we're on the Kent farm and Jonathan's working on the sink while Martha is asking Clark about the spring formal, whether or not he's going to ask Chloe or not. Um, when Clark says he doesn't want to do that in case Lana sees that as meaning the door is closed, Martha like kind of like gives him some shit and tells him that that door is closed. That he needs and- to make a choice. I have a note in all caps. It's listen to your mom, Clark. Yes. Uh, and so while this is going on, like, I guess Lex shows up, uh, not necessarily to see Clark this time. Uh, Clark makes his way out the door on, on his way to handle some torch business because with Chloe gone, somebody's got to do all, all of the things for the torch. Um, Lex is there to talk about the chemical spill from a few episodes back, uh, from the zero episode. So actually five episodes ago, uh, to make right what happened and kind of give them kind of a big check, but also that it's not about his friendship with Clark. Lex really does just want to do the right thing and just hopes that between them, uh, that any doubts could be left in the past. This is a cool scene. Um, because it really like goes back to a story seed that was planted at least a handful of episodes ago Yeah, that you would kind of felt or thought was resolved. Right. Because in that episode, Lex is like, here, Mr. Kent, let me pay you. And he's like, no, I'm not going to let you pay me. We're done. Right. And he gives him the check back. So you figure like everything's done. But here's Lex again now with the check. Right. And gives it to Jonathan. This time, Jonathan doesn't put up a fight at all. Yeah. Um, b- but I also like the point where it's um, where where Jonathan looks at Lex and he, he says, oh, you're being a little generous here, aren't you, Lex? And, and Lex says, no, not at all, actually. That's what each of those cows would be worth today on the market. That's what you're getting. No more. Yeah. As in, like, I'm not trying to buy you. I'm not trying to insult your intelligence. I looked at the market. This is what it's worth. That's what you're getting. Yeah. And that is commendable. Um, well, it's, it's got, it just kind of lets you know how much Lex is starting to figure out Jonathan. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that Jonathan actually, I mean, like Lex, Lex uh, wants to leave things in the past and like puts his hand out to shake it. And Jonathan accepts the handshake and Jonathan doesn't shake anyone's hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause of the whole hug episode, we get it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Hug. 
Oof. Um, yeah. Still, the, the 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 title of that episode still makes no sense. No, it's it's hand job. Hand job the episode. Yeah, the episode. Uh, but uh, I think that's that for that scene. I think Lana, it's Lana visiting Clark at the torch, uh, and he's kind of just running around in there, uh, not knowing what to do. Trying basically just trying to keep things from burning down around him. While Chloe's gone. Um, and Lana is concerned about Chloe and her whereabouts because of what vision she had. She hasn't quite decided. I mean, she te- I, does she tell Clark about it right here? About I think which? He, I think Sorry. she does. Like, uh, like Lana talks about what she saw in her dream. Um, and at first Clark is very, like he has a skeptical look on his face, but then there's the detail about Chloe's red bag. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he has a, he takes it a bit more seriously at that point. I but, was slightly distracted while this scene was going on because in the background, there's like a teen wolf. Uh-huh. It, it just, I don't, it didn't make any, I'm like, why the fuck is there a teen wolf on a scooter in the background? And I get, it's like just a, prop it's and i'm it's like a school so there is no context but it just it caught my eye and i couldn't like my brain wouldn't let it go could that have been like the earliest possible seeding of the cw teen wolf series that was on a few years ago oh my god did they make a teen wolf series oh they did you're right dude you didn't yeah i've uh i've been told things about that show oh i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure i never watched it (laughs) <laughs> me neither um they uh they try to shake it off though uh, uh rather than getting chloe's dad involved and spooking him yeah because clark clark says to lana like oh no you, the reason she's not answering her phone at home or, or whatever is she's out of town she went to visit her cousin in metropolis yeah uh yeah i i, I think yeah they that's that's where they leave it for now um and then uh roger nixon uh play um plays into this episode because he shows up at the mansion and he's a little upset about the article carrie castle wrote about lex because they were supposed to have an arrangement um which is again another callback for from like several several episodes ago yeah um but uh, Roger's like uh, Nixon asks kind of what she did that he couldn't. And Lex kind of responds. She gave me a pretty mean shiatsu massage. Yes. <laughs> we don't. Which we don't. I mean, Lex doesn't know. He doesn't know that that's not true unless he gives this dude a shot. He's got to. And we, we, I am assuming he did. He does. Oh, okay. I just, I just have to. I just have to assume that. He just strips down and just go. Go ahead, Roger. Yeah. But um, Nixon has a lead on some meteor shower related business um, and leaves a few things for Lex to take a look at. Um, it appears somebody allegedly saw something fall out of the sky the day of the meteor shower. It's kind of crazy that it took 12 years for Roger Nixon to track this down. I mean, maybe he wasn't looking before, but... Well, I mean, yeah, he wasn't really recruited by Lex until post-car accident, right? Right. Right. 
you'd think that, you know, I mean, I guess alien abduction stories are not that, you know, they're a dime a dozen, right? So Well, and, and the, um, the guy that they're about to go see kind of makes a point of, like, that he's been a point of mockery. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, it was a meteor shower, but I saw what I saw, and people make fun of me, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, yeah. So so mm-hmm. he's, e- even though they're digging, you kind of get the feeling that even though they were digging, digging into maybe, like, supernatural-esque territory, that they hadn't gone quite into UFO conspiracy territory. And right. this is just like, hey, man, you told me to follow the leads. This lead got me here. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, they're, they're kind of just setting that up. Like, Lex is obviously going to look into this because he can't help himself. Um, but over on the farm, Clark is sitting on the tractor, uh, and he's taking out his, frustra- his frustration being able to start it. Uh, like puts a dent in it and Jonathan gives him some shit about it. Um, but Jonathan knows what's really up uh, and tries to convince him that any minute Chloe will turn up, we'll give him a call or whatever. Um, and then we find out that uh, Jonathan has not quite deposited that check yet. Um, he has kind of a gut feeling about it uh, that maybe he shouldn't. Yeah. Every time I have a gut feeling about money, it's that I really need this money. (laughs) Yeah. God, I really need it. I mean, I I understand the morals, Jonathan, but like, he's not asking you to like smuggle some kids across the border or anything. Like he's just, he killed your cows and he's paying you for them. Take the fucking money. Yeah. There's like, don't put yourself further in debt. Like that's the thing is they're going to have more and more bank loans. That's going to be a storyline for this in this series for seasons to come. Yes. Yes. But uh, Clark suggests that they should, uh, he should maybe stop slamming the door in Lex's face over and over. So he doesn't become the man he worries that he'll be. And I think Jonathan says something about where do you, when do you become so wise or something like that? Yes. Well, I mean, Uh, it is a good, good little tidbit of advice. Yeah. Uh, there's kind of a, uh, a quick kind of funny scene with Pete and Clark having a conversation about Pete's date, uh, whose name I can't quite remember. Oh wait, yes I can, because it's Erica Fox. Because he just keeps call- saying her name over and over again. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, this is where they're like, <laughs> guess who I'm going to homecoming with? Or not, is it a homecoming? Is it homecoming? No. They're just calling it the spring formal, but it's prom, oh, okay. Okay. right? Like it's, it's like the, it's, it's their junior prom. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lana comes over cause they're at the tour. Uh, I think they're at the, um, the Talon. Uh, Lana comes over to ask if there's been any sign of Chloe. Uh, and the conversation shifts over to the formal again. Um, and Lana totally knows that Clark is going to ask Chloe. Um, she does get, she gets another vision while she's walking away. Um, and she kind of gets like a vision of the space that Chloe is being kept and kind of like a brief shot, um, of when the person who she's inhabiting looks in the mirror 
and he's just wearing like a gimp mask. <laughs> like, yeah, it's uh, he, okay. So, so this this dungeon area kind of thing is it? it I'm trying to figure out what it is because are there not like bags of teddy bears hanging from the yeah, ceiling? Uh, and, and yeah, and then and we he don't... goes to a, another room and there's like a butcher's table there. And right. then he goes and he yeah. looks into the mirror and yeah, like you said, dressed like the gimp from Pulp Fiction or the way I looked at it, I'm like, this guy's really hardcore into like spies and mercs and it's right. a pretty decent cosplay. <laughs> Old school splinter cell cut for the, for the gamers out there. Yeah, yeah he, 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 it's kind, he's kind of a BMX gimp. <laughs> Extreme sex. Um, oh my god! But it's weird because, <laughs> like, his with the, like the the teddy bears and like the weird like like butcher shop thing, it totally just reminds me of another gaming reference of the uh, the um, the Meat King episode from In Hitman. Hitman. Yes. From Hitman, uh, not Blood Money, but uh, contract maybe contracts. Oh, I can't remember which oh, one. I it don't is, remember but... which one it was. I do yeah. remember the the Meat King thing. Yeah. That was, I mean, probably the best mission in that game. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, like, she, uh, so she gets this image, and, but this person is also aware, like, it goes two ways. Uh, he's aware that he's maybe been seen, and he punches the mirror, and it snaps her back to reality, and she drops the tray that she was carrying. Um, and she turns to Clark and tells him that someone has Chloe. So I'm like, I'm very confused at, at this scene. Like number one, do they ever actually in the episode establish where this guy is? They do toward the end. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So we won't, we won't blow that. Cause I don't, I didn't remember them doing it. And I was like, this makes no sense to me. It's just a bunch of like really random things thrown together to give you a creep factor. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just kind of weird. Yeah. Cause that's the thing is they, they, they cut over to Chloe and she is like, she manages to get free of the tape. Her, her arms are t- taped together, but she managed to scoot over to like, a sharp piece of metal or something like this is just a room full of shit. Yeah. Um, and she, uh, she manages to get it off and she runs through all the stuffed animals and gets to the door and she opens up the door and into like that room that's got like the casket or whatever. Um, and then the BMX gimp comes up behind her and then stabs her in the neck with a syringe of green shit. Uh, and he says, home, sweet home in kind of like this creepy kind of voice modulated voice. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Very weird. Very weirdly done. Yeah. And you, you, it's, it's like, I don't understand how he knows that Lana can see through his eyes. Right. They they never really establish that. They Uh, never do. Like how, like, how does he know how I don't understand because does he see through Lana's eyes at the same time? So is he seeing through Lana's eyes, seeing his reflection? And then how does he know it's not just his reflection that he's looking at in the mirror? How does he know he's seeing it through somebody else's eyes? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's, uh, and they don't really explain it because I think, I mean, not getting into it, but he, he goes out before they can get an explanation really. Yes. Yeah. Um, but 
Um, at the Talon, a couple of sheriff deputies show up and are getting a statement from Lana. Um, but one of them in particular is being kind of a dick about it, uh, kind of understandably, because he's like, look, you had a vision. And I immediately wanted to make that guy for the BMX gimp. I was like, well, this is the first character we're seeing uh, who isn't a regular character. So he's got to be the one. And um, this guy did a lot of guest work on, again, he's a, another one of those like uh, Vancouver regulars who just showed up on shows here and there. And right. and I'm pretty sure he ended up being a fairly big character in Battlestar Galactica. Right. I think like he, he also uh, might like have the been... the chief engineer or something. Yeah, he might have been on Dark Angel too as one of the shitty bad guys. That's oh, possible. I can totally... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this guy's been like all over the place. Character actor, yeah. Yep. Just... Yeah. Uh, the other one asks Lana if Lana might be like stressed or seeing things or like have like PTSD. And Lana does have PTSD, but it's not about this. Um, it's about still having watched her parents just get obliterated. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah that's going to stick that. with you. It's still that's that. going to stick with you for a while. Yeah. For, for a good long while. Um, but she explains kind of uh, not really seeming to care that much if they believe her or not, but sh that she could see through the kidnapper's eyes. Um, and Chloe's dad is standing there too, but he excused himself to go answer a phone call. Um, and he comes back over. And we find out that her car was found in the woods. Uh, and there's kind of like a look between everybody of like, Oh no, well, yeah. Um, what I mean that yeah. that's a, a, an understandable reaction. Right. Our friend is missing. Okay. We well, we know that she was going to Metropolis. Let's not like jump to any conclusions. Oh, we found her abandoned car. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember if they've established that like Chloe drives uh, a VW Bug yet. Have we actually seen her car? I can't remember. Um. um but she does. She drives like I think she drives like a red Beetle. Is it? I thought it was yellow. Maybe it is yellow. I I, I want to say it, I, I want to say that yeah, she like dropped Clark off at home once or something. Right. Yeah. Well, I I I will be keeping an eye out in the future. Um, but uh, so Lex and Nixon arrive at kind of a real dump of a farm, kind of like an old crop duster playing on the lawn ah, and like a half dozen. Dusting. Yeah, like like a hot like a half dozen cars in various states of repair. It basically looks like any like any small town in Alberta town. <laughs> pretty much, pretty, looks, yeah, pretty much. There if are you driving out an hour outside of Edmonton. This is the kind of land you'll see, for sure. Uh, Nixon introduces Eddie Cole to Lex, and this dude is real twitchy, like. A real barhead type. Yeah, he was uh, a great character in um, uh, Independence Day as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to place him. I, th I couldn't remember if it was it was Independence Day. Fuck. Well, no, he's not actually in it. He just plays like the exact same character that Randy Quaid's character is. No, but I thought I thought he was actually in it. Like I was trying. He was in. He's in one of those disaster movies as a dude. Oh, that wouldn't and surprise I, me at all. And I, I thought you just connected the dots for me. I oh well. I, Maybe not. Um, Lex 
pays him for his story. And, uh, I and guess like a lot, it, he, oh, enough that this dude is willing to tell the story without reservations. Uh, he kind of in crazy Eddie's opinion, it had been a ship that he saw. Um, and then by the time he could land and get back to where he saw it, uh, it was gone. Um, and Lex kind of feels like he wasted his money because Lex just, is just like, fuck, fuck this. Now, does he tell, like, Lex that, oh, no, 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 I went, I tracked it down to where I saw it land, mm-hmm. it was gone, but there was a mile-long, like, crater yeah. impact, yeah. there was an impact, what do you call it? impact scratch, What what is, a, it was like a score mark in the land or whatever, like, yeah, yeah. There's, oh, score, yeah, mm-hmm. and the, and at the end of the crater where something should have been, there was nothing, yeah. Like and, that would have bought you at least a little bit of believability, I think. Yeah. And so that's the thing is we, we know Lex enough as like people watching the show that he outwardly blows this guy off, but you know, full fucking well, he's going to look into this. Oh yeah. He's filing that shit away. Yeah. Uh, and he even, he even gives Nixon some shit. He's just like, uh, he's like, Thanks for wasting my time. And I think he might even just drive away and leave Nixon there. <laughs> Maybe. I didn't notice. I think he does. He just gets in his car and is just like, peace. It wouldn't um, surprise me. But uh, I guess the next scene is at the loft and Clark is still kind of bumming around there, uh, worried about Chloe. Um, and you'd think like Clark, he could speed around and use his you know, vision to try to find her, but he hasn't yet. Um, but Lana plays, pays him a visit uh, saying that she spent a little time at the sheriff's station telling her story, even though they kept looking at her like she was crazy. Um, and then Clark spent a little time with Mr. Sullivan looking for Chloe around the car or didn't find anything. Um, and it's kind of, he kind of like kind of opens up about how it's like, it's like all of a sudden now that he has started exploring his feelings for her, she's suddenly in danger. Uh, I think he talks about the day he met her. He does. Yeah. He talks about her showing up in third grade or something like that. Eighth, eighth from grade. um, eighth What's grade. that? So they haven't even really known each other that long. Like this is eighth grade that they met. Yeah. And so, and yeah, he talks about how she showed up from Metropolis, which I actually really like. Because it just gives a little extra depth to Chloe's character and explains why she is kind of still an outsider in that, well, she grew up a city girl and then moved to a country town. So you never get that city stank off of you either. I should know. Like I, I moved to a small town when I was in sixth grade and was treated like a city boy until I left. Oh, I'm sure. So that's it. I think it's vice versa too, though. Cause yeah. uh, a lot of my family come from like uh, small farming communities and they move to the city and then immediately like try to find suburbs outside the city that have a small town feel. Right. Right. Yeah. No, uh, uh, I guess I, they, they, they do go into this a little bit. Like uh, it was eighth grade and she immediately wanted a copy of the planet uh, so she could stay in touch with civilization um, and Clark had invited her uh, over and up to the loft 
she uh, she kind of took the initiative and kissed him. Yes. Uh, because she knew that he'd been thinking about it all day, and th- with it out of the way, they could just be friends. Yeah. And it was, it was his first kiss. And, like, there's, like, there's a complicated look on Lana's face. Like, Kristen Kirk does a a good bit of, like, just, like, facial acting where you can tell it kind of kicked her right in the right in the ass to hear that. Yeah, and like, she wants so, to say that that's so cute. Like, she wants to be supportive and, like, oh, that's a cute story. But at the same time, she's like, Chloe was your first kiss? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to read because it's possible she could have known that. But I guess maybe... Her and Chloe aren't close enough yet for her Chloe to have disclosed that. Yeah. Right. Uh, Lana tells him, kind of just trying to reassure him that they'll see her again, and gets up to leave and has another vision. Um, And it's like at that windmill, like that same windmill from a few episodes back when she went like all, all, all crazy from the Nicodemus flower. Um, and was climbing it, climbing up it. Is that is that not the the windmill where you can see Metropolis? Yeah, yeah, it's that place. But uh, she sees uh, Chloe in like a coffin with a cross shaped plexiglass window on the front, being buried alive. Have you ever seen House of a Thousand Corpses? Yeah, that that casket reminded me of that movie. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, doesn't someone? I can... I, I'm almost sure someone gets buried alive, maybe in that exact same casket in House of a Thousand Corpses. Maybe, maybe. Which who? <laughs> who's who wore it better? <laughs> um, pretty sure oh, House of a Thousand Corpses. I, I can't even remember who. Who's in was, it? No, Sherry Moon Zombie was actually was definitely a bad guy in House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't even know. Let's yeah. say Chloe. Yeah. We'll say Chloe because it's a Smallville podcast. Exactly. Um, she uh, she tells Clark what she saw, and he goes to get help, like he do. Finger uh, quote. And there's like almost no built up tension here. Like he just immediately finds finds the coffin. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Although immediately, he does um. Uh, he does like ex- the X-ray vision squint. Yeah. In this one, and for some reason, it made me laugh so hard. I don't know why. It's just like this one was really exaggerated. Yeah. Like he he pinched his lips too. <laughs> yeah. I've got to really eyes. concentrate this time. It's like, well, not yeah. really. Your eyes just no. do that. Yeah. But it's weird because if you notice, like, you'd think that if he buried her. There would just be like a a, a part, place where the dirt was not was disturbed, but this dude replaced the shrubs that he moved, <laughs> like all the shrub grass. Did a little sod work. Like, yeah, he 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 put some work in. It's like that BMX gimp is also a gardener. I mean, if you want to make sure a body doesn't get found, if there's grass growing, people are gonna not suspect it. Yeah. Uh, Clark like just basically rips it out of the ground. Um, and Chloe is like very overcome with emotion, which, you know, she, she knew it was him. Uh, she says, I, I knew it was you. It's always you. Uh, uh, it's, this is, um, again, I, I gotta separate 
I guess the art from the artist at this point, but this is just like Allison Mack doing like PTSD. Chloe is like a sight to behold, man, just ridiculously talented. And like every time Chloe gets really emotionally shattered, it just Mm kind of kills a bit of me inside because it's hard to watch. Yeah, it is. And she, it happens a couple of times because she, she doesn't want to remember this. Uh, nearby though, someone is watching in the bushes and how much did they see? And like, it's like, it's, it, is it, is it the, is it the BMX gimp or is it someone else? We don't know yet. Um, in her hospital room though, Chloe, <clears throat> she hangs up a call from the planet, um, but it's funny because how she does it is like, I've got to go. Some real people just walked in. Yeah. yeah. As she's talking to a <laughs> Rude. reporter. Rude. <laughs> uh, but it was about an interview, which she would rather give to the torch and write herself. Um, but Clark asks her what she remembers. And it's just too much for her. Uh, remembering because she starts to tear up remembering the dirt the sound of the dirt falling on the coffin um which um it was it uh kill bill yeah did that so effectively when -hmm. they just like go the screen goes to black the bride's about to get buried alive yeah is it it the first one it's in the first one yeah okay and mm, then mm, no, it's, it is in the second one because right. Yeah, it's okay. Second. That's what yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And so it's just blackness. And then all you hear is like shovel picking up dirt yeah. and then dirt falling on, on, on like a, a wooden box. Uh, so I can, you know, you, you can kind of imagine the absolute, just abject fucking terror that would be going through your mind. If you're in a box and you can hear someone filling in the ground above you. Yeah, and it's getting quieter and more muffled. Oh and eventually, you can't hear. Eventually, you can't hear it at all. That would be just fucking. Blah. Yeah, Chloe does not punch her way out of this thing. No, no, she um, needs to take lessons from Bill. Yeah, she does. First, she needs to wiggle her big toes too. Uh, the uh, I'm trying to think of what happens. Who's there? Because. Uh, I think Lana is there and leaves, uh, but she wants Clark to stay for a minute. Um, and he says he'll stay as long as she needs. Uh, Lana kind of leaves and, uh, you know, they just sit together. Lana, well, yeah, Lana leaves, but as she's leaving, she walks by the window to the room mm-hmm. and kind of stops for a second and gives a look that is not a happy one. No, yeah, she's she not like, the "Oh, I'm so glad Chloe's got Clark to look after her," or, yeah. or I'm so glad those two found each other, or I'm so glad Chloe's safe. It's, oh yeah, my friend was just buried alive, and I think she's gonna start fucking the guy I want to fuck. <laughs> it's that kind of look. <laughs> well, the way because when she resumes walking again, she kind of tosses her hair too a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, so it, it's it's. 
I mean, it's great character development because we've been talking about this since like the beginning of the series. Like, does she know? Does Lana know that Clark wants her? Does she not know? Does blah, blah, blah. blah. And so we now know that she knows Clark definitely she wants knows. her. And yeah. now we know that there's at least a, a pretty significant part of her that also wants Clark. Yeah. Or and at least got, wants the option. kind of stuck with, with um, Whitney now because of the death of Whitney's dad. She doesn't want to add on to any of his, you know, right. emotional baggage right. by, oh, did your dad just die? Well, you're single too, so bye. Right. And that might that might come into play with the events of the next episode. But again, we'll get there when we get there. Um, and... I'm excited for the next episode, dude. I haven't watched Smallville season one finale in a long time. It's a pretty good episode. Um as as Lana starts to walk away though too she has a premonition and sees herself um yes, but when she back. turns around there's yeah there's no one there um but like it's obvious it's obvious this person who you know has the other side of this no is is on is onto her is yeah has next. now figured out that she can see through his eyes which we still haven't established how he knows that the, my, right. my favorite thing about the POV shots is they're doing this whole thing where it's like, okay, so, so the dude is sneakily looking from around a corner. Right. But, like, if it was actually, like, a point of view shot, this guy's, like, two feet away from the side of the wall. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way he's being secretive at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they didn't want to shoot it, I guess, where it was like 90% of the frame is wall and then I just guess. a tiny bit of it is, yeah, it's, it's, it would be hard to, hard to show that, but yeah, it's very, and the sepia tone thing just doesn't make, is he just walking around in his splinter cell gear? <laughs> Maybe. Like all it the makes time. Nobody like cares. Nobody gives a shit. Oh, he could be colorblind. Maybe he's just colorblind. I don't know oh, what being colorblind be. is like. Could be, could be. Yeah, it still doesn't. It, ex it, it doesn't explain why it's like 1970s horror film grainy, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> why it's PS? Why it's why it's PS One era Silent Hill grainy? That's a good call. Oh, this. You know what? Silent Hill would have been out around this time too. So. Yeah. Could have been. Could have been. Um. Could have been the inspiration. Uh. I guess. Uh, over on the farm, this is where we get another another scene where uh, Clark is seen again doing incredible things. Because uh, on the farm, Jonathan and Clark are talking about the situation at the hospital while they're loading some bags of grain into the back of the pickup truck. And this is where it's like where Jonathan is taking one bag at a time and like actually like picking up these heavier bags and doing like the physical work. Clark is picking up three of them at a time, and it's like a nice scene. You know what is, powers. and now that you've mentioned it, the, the way you just stated it, I'd never really thought about it before, and I'm very curious. I'd like to know what John Schneider has to say about it, or even yeah. Tom Welling, because yeah. it's obviously that, like, Tom Welling, Superman, Clark Kent, sure, but it's obvious yeah. that those are basically bags filled with, Pillows. like, cotton or whatever. Yeah. yeah. What's John Schneider lifting? Like is it actually bag. filled and with I... oats or sand or, or cause I'm just very curious right now. Is John Schneider just really, really selling that? Like that's I, cause I don't is? think that's so. Great acting. Cause they, it looks like it's yeah. heavy. 
I don't think he is selling it. I think it's like you can tell by how it's kind of sagging in the middle that this is an actually heavy fucking bag. And so I don't imagine they shot this too many times. Okay, so 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 you you think because it's kind of what I'm thinking too is like they're like okay, so Tom, this stack is your stack. Yeah, it's all pillows, yeah. and John, you lift the like the dog food bags. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Okay, but, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, I can see it. But there, yeah, it's it's a good it's a good practical effect. I mean, it's it is very obvious from Clark's end because he's got two in one hand and one in another, and like they're very like bulky like way bulkier than the other bags were well and they don't they don't like sink like they would if they were full of like not sink is not the right word but they don't distort the way they they would if they were full of oats or like a grainy substance can i have some oats brother um as uh as they finish up clark asks about what uh paul's gonna do with the lex check oh blue truck by the way Oh, blue truck. Yeah. Uh, apparently he's going to deposit it as soon as they finish up with the delivery. Um, now, once again, we, this time it's kind of through binoculars. Uh, somebody is watching them drive away, leaving the farm. And we can only assume that they saw how Clark was just manhandling those bags. You, you'd have to assume. Yeah. Um, the truck, uh, drives down past the town sign, which is, I think, the first time we've seen it in a little while. Um, and, of course, on their way to do this delivery, they run into some activity on the side of the road where Lex and a team of people are combing over the area, all hazmatted up, and it puts Jonathan on the edge immediately, so much so that he returns the check. Like, he just walks over to Lex and gives it to him. Well, it's because it's an interesting really quick conversation is uh they're driving yeah jonathan looks over and sees that they're excavating something or they're like combing over this field then he sees that lex is there and he gets pissed yeah and clark's like dad what lex said he was just buying some land it doesn't necessarily matter like what's the big deal and jonathan's like that's the field we found your ship in yeah yeah. And immediately things are laid bare like, oh, so there's it, it, again with Lex, everything has a second underbelly meaning. Yeah. Yeah, cuz like as as Jonathan like as the truck pulls away again, we go back over to Lex um and one of the hazmat dudes comes over and pulls off the thing and Hamilton's there um and he's found something and the way Lex kind of looks he has a kind of like gr- slight grin on his face and he's got like that intense look and Lex is back on his shit. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Jonathan like walking up to Lex in the middle of this field as Lex is looking for something cuz he kind of calls Lex on, "What are you doing out here, Lex?" And yeah. Lex is just like, oh, "I'm prospecting the land. I'm thinking of buying it. Why? Well, like, what's your issue? Because like that is the question. If I was Lex, I would like, why are you so pissed all of a sudden? This really doesn't have anything to do with you, unless it does. And then Jonathan right. returns the check, and he gets all uppity. Like to me, Jonathan presenting himself, returning the check. That, if I'm Lex, makes me even suspicious. more suspicious. Right. 
and and I think given a few hours of time, rather if 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 he hadn't responded the way he did, like if Jonathan hadn't done what he did the way he did it, and given himself some time to think about it, he probably realizes he fucked up too. You yeah, you have to because My nothing about the way that. Jonathan yeah. acted there was normal. No, just got very aggressive for no reason. Yeah. Um, but Clark actually gets a visit from Lex, I think in the next scene. Um, and when Clark questions why Lex would be supervising a routine land survey, Lex admits that the meteor shower changed his life and he just wants to find out why. Um, and Clark is just kind of like, well, why can't you let it go? And Lex uh, reveals what he was told about the ship. Um, and kind of Clark plays it off like anyone would. Um, but suggesting that Lex should maybe leave the past behind him. Um, a little off subject. Yeah. Risking opening up a Seinfeld conversation. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on people just popping in? Because it seems to me that the Kents have people just pop by all the time. Yeah, like, remember there was that episode not that long ago where Clark was just finishing doing something where he had used powers when Lana just walked in? Or they were discussing something and these people just fucking walk in. Well, yeah, and it's not that they just show up unannounced, but they, like, literally just let themselves into the kitchen or walk up into the loft in the barn, which is quite obviously like a private place for clark yeah like I mean, nobody ever knocks they just show up unannounced and i'll i'll be honest i'm like i'm totally anti-popper i don't yeah. don't like give me a text give me in. a call let me know Something. in advance yeah. by at least a half an hour hey man you think i can stop by and pick up you know whatever like like one of these times they're gonna show up and clark's not gonna have put away the lotion bottle yet exactly right and he's gonna be but, really embarrassed about it and for lana who's having all these feelings with clark she'd have been she'd feel really weird if she just showed up to the loft and clark was railing chloe over the back of the couch it just it just smell or she just shows up and it smells a little weird oh that smell we all know that smell. Although it's a barn, it's a pretty big open area, and I'm sure there's other smells in that barn. Look, he's got super smell. That's oh, that's true. He's got a real he's a, he's got a real Kryptonian musk about him. Uh, oof, fucking gross. Um, but yeah, no, like Lex, he makes a a, a point about the stars, and he alludes that starlight basically being proof. Uh, that the past always impacts the present because, you know, those stars that are reaching us, some of those don't even exist anymore, you know? Yep. So, so like, which, which is essentially kind of alluding to Krypton. Yeah. I mean, without saying it because he doesn't know it exists and at this point in time, nobody in the show knows it exists, but he's uh-huh. essentially talking about Krypton. Like if, if you look it up those stars, some of them aren't even there anymore. And it's very possible. One of my favorite moments in um, in Superman comics, and it happened not very long ago, a few years back, was uh, mm. um, Superman goes to a lab 
mm-hmm. it's like an observatory. And he's just kind of like hanging out at this lab. And in the lab, he meets Neil deGrasse Tyson. And Neil deGrasse right. Tyson is like, hey, I just wanted to call you here because I think it's something you should probably be around for. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially like he's got a telescope fixed on a star. And he's like, so that's Krypton. And it's getting really bright. Yeah. So it, it, essentially he calls Superman there. He's like, look, Krypton is it's a long dead planet but that's like the the this explosion this bright explosion this is the last of it as it has traveled through time so it's only it's only fitting that you be here to actually see it right see it wink out of existence yeah that's kind of cool it is pretty cool and like it's actually like neil degrasse tyson like oh it's 100 neil degrasse tyson yeah nice nice uh Hmm, I'm trying to think of where we are now. Oh, it's Clark is Clark is at the torch, uh, and Chloe uh, Chloe arrives, uh, which he thinks is a bad idea because she should still be resting. Uh, yeah. And then Whitney shows up, and Clark fills him up a, him like fills them in on his theory. Um, there's something called. Decretzner syndrome or something like that, um, that might explain what happened to Lana and and why she's having these visions. And uh, when Whitney gives uh, the names of the deputies, Watts and Vertigo, I rolled my eyes out of my head. Like, there's two deputies. One of them is like the guy who is the who is the BMX guy and then the other one's name is vertigo i wonder if if is that supposed to be like a dc comics reference to like count vertigo i have no idea i don't know why count vertigo would be a smallville deputy yeah that doesn't make any sense i mean he the two vertigo showed up in arrow right two completely separate vertigos well Um, then there's also the drug vertigo yeah Oh, and, and, now it, it could just be, and I don't know, is Vertigo Comics a subsidiary of DC? Maybe it was just a nod. Oh, could have been. I mean, they they were probably like, we just need a cool name. Um, but there's kind of a moment of comedic callback. Chloe offers to drive to keep Whitney out from behind the wheel because, like, they're like, they're like, all right, let's go, let's go, um, find out what's what's going on, um, and. Whitney's like, I'll drive, and uh, uh, Chloe's like, um, actually, I think I'll drive. Okay, so explain that to me, because I didn't get it. Because Whitney has crashed... <laughs> like, multiple times. <laughs> three vehicles so far? Okay, fair enough. Because, uh, yeah. like, my, I, I literally have a note written there, I'm like, uh, why did Whitney get all weird about Whitney driving? But you're right, he has written <laughs> off, like, three cars now. Yeah, it's like, the, the like... Just in the first five episodes, tw- two, two of them. In Cool, he crashes his truck with Lana when they had the back, the really bad ADR. Uh, yes. Yeah. Scene. Uh, and then before that, in the second episode, when Spider Greg flipped his truck. Yeah. Bug Boy, Bug Boy does it. And there's at least one other time. There is another time too. Um, no, because because I, I was thinking about it, and I'm like. That to me seems very weird. Like Chloe knows about Clark, knows that Clark's going to save the day and is trying to buy 
Yeah. Like some time and separation. Like, oh no, you take your car and me and Clark will take mine. But I'm like, but Chloe doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, you're right. She's just basically saying, no, Whitney, you'll get us all killed. <laughs> basically, yeah. Uh, so there's a scene at the, at, at the Talon. Like, Lana is there by herself, presumably. Um, and uh, comes down the stairs to find uh, Deputy Vertigo there. Um, and we're totally supposed to believe that this is the guy. Like, he's that she's in imminent danger. Um, but then we actually get a vision... She turns away and we get a vision of him coming up behind and knocking out the guy who we think is like at this point in the episode, I totally thought that this, they were just being way too obvious and not selling it. Um, and it turns out it actually wasn't the guy I thought it was. It's the other and guy. And it's actually like the nice cop. Yeah. The good cop. He's good cop and bad cop. Well, presumably good cop. He's really not. Right. But he's like, he, he's the one that you would have assumed was like the Boy Scout. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's always the Boy Scout. You got to watch out for them Boy Scouts. Uh, but Clark, Coy, and Whitney learn from the deputy, like, because, yeah, Lana gets taken. Um, and they arrive, like, minutes too late. Um, and but they find out from that other deputy that uh, the GIMP has, I'm just going to keep calling him the GIMP, um, has a side gig as a security guard for the uh, for the carnival, which at this time of year is closed. So My only note for that is um, the Joker called and he wants his signature layer back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like they, they could have planted like a weird seed where this guy is the Joker. They, the thing about DC is I've noticed that with their TV shows, they absolutely love dropping in Easter eggs and stuff unless it's really big hitters because then they worry about fans going, oh, you got to make this happen, blah, blah, blah. And they don't want to be like on the end of fan yeah. forcing. Um, I that, really which is why like, you don't get, like, I, I think we've gotten a Gotham reference, but you don't yeah. get any Wayne references, I think, in the history of Smallville. I could be wrong. It might happen no. in the very late seasons, but I don't think we do. I think maybe Oliver Queen brings up Bruce Wayne one time, but I can see that uh, way, way further in the future. Um, it would have been so cool to get like a, like a weird, like, like early twenties, Bruce, maybe even before he's actually gone off to train. I remember. Yeah. I remember when Smallville was happening a lot yeah. of people, myself included, a lot of fans wanted to see like a young Bruce Wayne, Martha, yeah. Martha, and and um, um, what tells Bruce's dad's name, Thomas, Thomas still yeah. alive and everything, right? You know, like and just like a reference, like oh, my parents are trying to get me into the theater or something, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that would have been interesting for that to happen, but again, like yeah, like they, I think. You, like going back to Gotham, like in in the show Gotham, I don't really think that originally they wanted to make the guy who ends up being Joker. I don't think they ever had that plan when he was first introduced. Oh no! I think no way. They no seeded way. it. They but they seeded it a little too strongly, and people wanted it, and they wanted him for yeah. the Joker, and so they found a way to make him the Joker. Yeah, and it it's not good. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was He's, that show had so much potential. And I'm not shitting on the people that like that show. It just wasn't what I expected it to be. I really wanted a dark, gritty cop drama. And it yeah. was half of that and half of Batman 66. And I was like, these yeah. two things don't mix. It's not peanut butter and chocolate. It's peanut butter and caviar. And I'm the, like, not most, having it. The most interesting thing about that show, just bef- before we get off the subject of Gotham, probably not go back to it, um, is the visual language of the show was interesting where it was like clearly a modern era Gotham, but all of the cars were old. Yeah, that is cool. They had, they had like corded phones and no one had cell phones except for when they, when they did, like sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. I I liked a lot about that show. I love, I like most of the actors, most of the cast. I really, really liked a lot. Uh, I agree with you. I think the show had a great visual language. I think it was shot really well. Um, and even some of the writing was really strong. It's just, to me, there were just too many conflicting tones. No. And no one yeah. ever stayed dead, by the way. Like, if you took, if you did Gotham, but made it like an NYPD blue type of, like a hard-hitting cop drama and... And it, it, the the penguin, instead of being this weird nerdy guy who comes in and it's like a rise to power, you do mm-hmm. like an NYPD blue meets the Sopranos. And right. then you get those two worlds to fight each other you, and to, to coexist. You don't like, again, like get Batman 66 to try to interact with Hill Street Blues or something like that. You know what I mean? Hill Street. Right. Blues. There's a fucking... 1980s reference for the people a show that i barely remember <laughs> you you don't need you don't need uh you don't need matlock interacting with <laughs> yeah Smokey andy griffith and is gonna solve this case <laughs> oh my god let's get out of this um cut to the f- carnival funhouse um and lana wakes up and like immediately starts yelling for help uh, and we are, you know, we're given our like reveal of who, who was in the mask and it was Watts and like any good or bad villain starts monologuing about why he did what he did. Um, and is super unhinged, but like, is he unhinged because he got like hit by some of the meteor blast? Like, did he have a pre-existing condition? Like, well, his fuck? whole thing is like because he he has no superpowers, right? At all, his whole thing is just he's, uh, and I mean I can't even diagnose. Ambitious, he's ambitious. Ambitious, With, yeah. His, his whole thing he's is a that sociopath. He's a sociopath. Uh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Is that he he sets this whole thing up because he buries Chloe because he was supposed to find her. Like the right. whole thing was him setting up a crime so that he would be the hero. Yeah. And then he had to stop it when he found out. And I think maybe now that I'm thinking about it, because I'm thinking back to something that Lana said, Lana admitted she could see through the eyes of him to his face while he was uh, like taking her statement. That could be how she found out that he, she could see through his eyes. It might not have been that he knew instinctu- instinctually. It could just be that because she said it. She said, I can see through the eyes of the guy. Yes, you're right. You're right. So that makes sense. And Maybe. because she was explaining, yeah. because she was describing everything right. so well, he knew that she was telling the truth. Right. 
Oh, but right. yeah, but since he couldn't stop uh, be the cop to solve Chloe's disappearance, he'll just have to settle for solving Lana's murder. And he uh, is about to pull the trigger. Like le- Clark shows up outside, uh, does his squinty. Uh, he sees uh, Watts about to pull the trigger and manages to deflect the bullet, but it deflects into a mirror that's on the ceiling. And then, like, all the glass is kind of falling in slow motion. Uh, and, like, Lana is still in danger because she's laying right under this. Um, and, and uh, like, Clark dives on her. Uh, and, like, it's a weird thing because it's, as kind of time goes back to normal, like, it's almost like uh, like Watts could see Clark moving quickly and, like, as soon as time kind of is back to normal, he's already running away. Like he runs outside. Um, the, and... the the thing that I like the most about that scene is Clark deflecting the bullet and it causing an even, well, maybe not even bigger problem, but a, a problem of its own. And I'm like, yeah. aha, Clark just yeah. learned a lesson. You have to catch the bullets. Yeah, don't deflect. You can't just let them go. They're still deadly objects. You can't just flick them out of the way. You have to get. You have to hold them. Yeah, and I, again, this is kind of like again one of those things. Uh, with her, he kind of makes sure she's safe. He heads off to go confront Officer Gimp. Uh, when he does, like, he takes a few bullets. Because, like, like Watts shoots him, like, empties his clip into him. Um, but Clark just decides to fucking put an end to it and just yeets him. Just yeets him. No. Uh, yep. Yep. No. Nope. He, he, he yeeted him. Yeet? Yeet? Yeah. He yeeted him. I'm learning. Um... I, I learned. Yeah, so he takes a couple of bullets. I, you have to assume, even though it does look like he's just wearing like BMX padding, right? He's probably he's probably armored up a little bit, right? And I, I, like he like that thing is Clark throws this dude away, and then like Clark uh, is going back to check on Lana, and Lana has one final vision of, of uh, like. Watts facing down several more cops. Uh, and then he kind of opts for kind of suicide by cop. Yeah. But she sees in first person what being <laughs> shot in the face looks like. That's it's honestly so great. Um, it's cheesy as fuck. Don't get me wrong, but it's amazing. Like that's, the best part of this whole plot line of, I can see through somebody else's eyes because you've got to think. And I was thinking about this halfway through the episode. I'm like, well, how are they going to stop this? Right. Like they don't know what's causing it. They don't know how she can control it. They don't know. So she's just the rest of her life. Even they lock this guy up in prison, the rest of her life, she's going to see through this guy's eyes. And I totally didn't remember what was going to happen. And then he eats a bullet to the face at the end. And I was like, that's incredible. And the, like that's part of her. She knows what it's like to get shot in the face. Yes, that's gotta fucking traumatize you. She's got so much trauma. Like <laughs> she's got the trauma bingo card. Oh, I'm sorry, Lana. Oh my god. 
but uh, Clark walks Lana out of the funhouse, and again, like up to this point, we maybe you could assume that it was like the BMX gimp uh, was the one who was spying on Clark, but the binoculars find him again. And we see that it's been Nixon watching Clark the whole time. Dun, dun, dun. How much does he know and what has he seen? He's seen enough. He's got to be a lot. Yeah. But um, I don't know if it's the end scene. It's not the end scene, but it's the last scene uh, with Clark. Uh, Chloe finds Clark in the barn and tells him she managed to land the internship at the Daily Planet after all. And Clark congratulates her. But there's kind of like a brief underlying moment of disappointment when he realizes she's going to be gone to Metropolis for this whole summer. But it kind of passes quickly because she says, uh, you'll come visit me, right? And he responds. Um, he says something like, I never pass up the opportunity to see you in your natural habitat. So they kind of, you know, they ended off light. But as she's about to leave and... Uh, John Mayer. John Mayer starts playing. Uh, Clark asks uh, Chloe to the formal, and like this is again more of Alice and Max like Chloe acting. She when she's really happy, she's fucking really happy. It's that it just infectious. I, it's it's so endearing, and it it's it's so endearing to the point of almost being heartbreaking. Yeah. Because she's like so happy that you it, you can see that she's almost tearing up. Yeah, like she's really like just trying to like hold it all in, but at the same time she's super happy. Like it's she she like wants to burst almost, and it's just it she just plays it out so well. It's really really great. Yeah, something that I I picked up uh, just looking at like message boards back in the day when like Clark and Chloe stuff would come up is they kind of, there's like a, there's like a, like a portmanteau of their names, which is basically it's C H L A R K. So when you're talking about Chloe and Clark, it's Clark. Okay. Fair enough. And so, so I, I, I put that in there. Um, Cause yeah, she says something to the point, like he's sorry. He's sorry that he didn't ask her sooner. And her response is that it's okay. It was worth the wait. And yeah, it's a really good scene for them because it, it just sets up. It sets up more for the next episode, actually. Yes. Yeah, it um, really does. And we end on a Lex scene where we're at the mansion. Hamilton shows up wondering where uh, the crop duster dude is uh, who's disappeared, I guess. But the real reason he's there is to present Lex with a strange octagonal fragment. Interesting. And informs him that nothing like it exists on this earth. And uh, Yeah, because they've done uh, like uh, mineral metal testing. Yeah, and so Lex has, it pla- has placed it on the glass table uh, desktop. Um, and he's looking down at it. But we're seeing up at it, and we can see symbols on it on the on the underside, which one doesn't of have the symbols. Very specifically, very prominently, is mm-hmm. a diamond with a figure eight in it. Mm, interesting. Mm. And yeah, and it 
cross, and then the scene kind of crossfades to an identical groove on the side of the ship. <gasps> dun dun dun! And that's where we end the episode. Hey, so a weird thing happened. And I don't know if you guys are following the um, the uh, Save Us Pod. Somebody save us uh, um, Twitter account, but uh, we RT'd it. Um, the official Smallville Twitter is active and tweeting. Yes. And they tweeted out the Superman shield the other day. Yeah. Huh. You know, it was interesting because the last time uh, they, they had tweeted one other time uh, during the crisis when crisis happened. Uh, there was a tweet that went out about Smallville um, around Clark's appearance in that episode. But before that, it had been like since like July of 2012. Yeah, that dude, that, it, that account has been dormant. dormant. Um, uh, and then, so, yeah. Like, it, the last one makes sense. You've got Welling showing up in the crisis. So, you know, a, a legitimate straight back to Smallville nod. Yeah. Um, but this time, nobody knows what it's about. Nobody <laughs> knows for sure. There are rumors and rumblings. Now, if you did follow Smallville, if you were as hardcore as I was back in the day, Smallville was finished its run. And then a year after that, due to fan demand, Smallville season 11 came out. But it was in a paper form. It was a comic book series, DC Comics, and it picked up pretty much right after the series. And it was Clark in Metropolis living with people. Yeah, uh, <laughs> people. The not spoiler thing is going to be hard. Because yeah. um, you know, what? It, essentially, it was it was a continuation of the Smallville continuity. Right. You know what? This whole thing with the Smallville logo showing, like the Superman logo. Sh- a crest showing up on the Smallville account really kind of throws a monkey wrench into things kind of for us, because if a new series comes out or something that we want to cover, we do, we jump to season 11 stuff before oh, God damn. we get, because of, yeah. So that's, so ladies and gentlemen, that's the rumor. Apparently like a year ago, um, uh, Kristen Crook, Tom Welling, uh, I th- want to say even Rosenbaum, mm-hmm. but a couple people were talking at like a convention or like a Smallville con or, or another comic con or whatever about the possibility of doing a continuation of the series as an animated series. Right. And almost everybody was like, oh yeah, I'm in done voice acting. We'll do it. That'll be fun. No problem. There has been, I mean, it's, the podcast is very carefully edited. So, but Rosenbaum has like alluded to stuff where like he and Kristen and Tom and other people like Justin Hartley and people like that have been working together. Um, Yeah. And then also the fact that Clark or like him and him and Tom do a thing that they, when they go to conventions together called Smallville nights. And those events are like very secretive. Like people don't really talk or tweet about them after they've gone. It's just kind of like an intimate small thing. 
Um, and so they may have said stuff in those. I don't know, man. It, it, I guess Dude. like if we're still doing the um, the uh, um, surveys, the polls right. on Twitter. I guess that's a good Twitter question for this for this week. Right. If new Smallville content happens, do we follow it as it drops, or or do you guys want to see it in continue uh, chronologically? No, see, November. Yeah, you want to see it in six years? November, actually, November. It would be uh, sometime in late November of 2023. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I know what my vote is. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, oh, absolutely, dude. I'm not, I'm, I'm fucking fanboying that shit. Like, yeah. if it happens, I will lose my mind, dude. If that's like an unveiling at this year's Comic-Con, Smallville Season 11, the animated series. Yeah. Fuck off. I will lose my shit. Yeah, I will. I might cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry. I'm Some not like, stuff. I'm not even gonna lie yeah. about it. I might cry. Yeah. Um, so, Paul, what happens on the next episode? On the next episode of Somebody Save Us, Pariah enlists Black Lightning to help stop the Anti-Monitor after the flash of Earth-90 shares what he learned from his battle in Elseworlds. With the help of Black Lightning, Barry Sisko and Killer Frost come up with a plan that could save them all. Meanwhile... Iris has a heart-to-heart with Ryan Choi, while Oliver and Diggle return to an old, familiar stomping ground. So that'll be our coverage next week of Crisis on Infinite Earths, Part 3, which is the Flashes episode, I believe? It is the Flashes episode. It is... uh, uh, I actually have it. It is episode of Season... Five of season season six episode nine season six episode nine all right well that's something to look forward to Indeed. so um oh i introed you outro yeah i'll do that uh so yeah uh until next week somebody save us